Hey, uh, so Joe. Yes. What? What exactly are these things here on this table in front of you? Glad that you asked. To your left is a deck of tarot cards. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> the black orb in the center is my magic eight ball. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and it is sitting on top of my daughter's Ouija board. Oh, I, I, I thought I recognized that. <laughs> I was having so much fun from our last podcast as I gazed into the Woodhound crystal ball, looking into the future of what is in store for firewood. I thought I would bring along some help here and we can continue that discussion and not just about the, the wood. You know, we kind of stuck to firewood as in burning it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, there's just so much more Dan about what's in store for the firewood industry, the machines, the, the splitters and processors and, chainsaws yeah and potentially your poof machine oh gosh. <laughs> yeah <laughs> dan you stick with me we're going to invent this poof machine and we will be we will rule the world oh i'm i'm ready i'm all in i mm-hmm. I, I can see the potential and it is definitely needed yeah i i still Uh, This has been a recurring theme on my YouTube channel about having a poof machine, but the one technology that does not exist, and I believe that it is possible, serious, we can put robots on Mars. I think we should be able to invent a firewood stacking machine. Oh, yeah. I know there's there's a lot of... uh alternatives out there as far as like not necessarily stacking in a row but like tossing yeah. wood into a like uh like one of those pallet wrappers you know you've yeah. seen those i mean yep but yeah that would be nice to have um some type of robotic automated process that can yeah. take the wood and stack it i i think it's possible i don't know i am i asking for too much here when you think about all of the labor that's involved in making firewood and depending on the kind of machines that you have, and if you still want a desire to stack it, it doesn't matter how many machines you have. All of that labor is now awaiting you to stack it. <laughs> <laughs> yep. It's, it's sitting there waiting at the end of the line. Yeah. All of the efficiencies and labor savings of machines on the front end of the process it just gives you even more work on the back end where you got to stack it. And if I'm looking into this crystal ball here, let's flip over a couple tarot cards here, but I'm just saying, I, I see a stacking machine in the future of firewood. Oh yeah. Although, you know, that process of stacking allows you to fully take in and appreciate that work that you've done up until that point. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know, you don't you don't want to be able to just, you know, go out there and have everything be easy with firewood, do you? I mean, Dan, I have a secret to tell you. <laughs> I, I am done appreciating. 
I need <laughs> stacking. Yeah, I need stacking, and I need it now. And I and I'm serious. We we have cars that drive for us and <laughs> refrigerators yeah. that tell us when we're low on milk and yep. uh, computers that adapt and learn. I why can't we get a machine that stacks firewood? I don't know. I think one big thing would be uh, an issue would be like the consistency and the size of your splits, which leads me to question, do you ever think there'll be a time when the process of like, like, let's say your, your Yappa process that you had yeah. before you had the perfect split. I know one of the challenges I always face is getting the alignment of my wedge centered on the round of wood. Mm -hmm. And so I was, you know, you ever, you think there might ever be a time when like there's like a quick laser scan of the round right before it gets split where the wedge would adjust automatically. Well, believe it or not, there is a manufacturer out there that has a similar technology like that now. Really? Yeah, it is. The company is Palax. And what I understand too, there, there is a parent company that owns Yappa, Hacky Pilkey, and Palax. Palax has this technology where when the log comes in under the roller, that the hold down, it measures its height there and automatically adjusts the knife. Oh. But, you know, who's to say that there's not a knot on it or something that causes that? But I like the idea of the laser, you know? Yeah. And, and it should be simple and it should be widely used on all of the machines. Yeah, because it's tough to maintain, you know, a consistent diameter just in even... Yeah in one log to another log. Totally agree. It's always like, I always find it nice to be able to try to hit that center split as close as I can. Yeah. And it's hard to do it and it's yeah. hard to do it consistently. It's just hard to see it sometimes. Yeah. And think of all the wood that you've wasted over the years with, you know, you're off center and then you get pieces that are too big, but they're too small to split again in half. Yep. You know, mm -hmm. or even if, uh, you know, like in lumber mills they have where they're processing lumber, they can scan the size of the water. They can scan the log and figure out how many pieces of lumber and the size you can get out of it. Like yeah. scanning around, like, let's say you set your parameters at three and a half by three and a half, like to have wedges automatically adjust to give you mm -hmm. those size splits from your round. Oh, yeah, that'd be great. That would be great. But what do you think about processors too going forward? Maybe uh, battery powered, you know, um, and, and anything that's battery powered, I think that you could also make it solar, uh, solar yeah. powered, you know, and, but man, that's probably a big electrical um, <laughs> consumption. You know, when you think if it's three phase electric, for some of the electric models that are out there now, oh boy, that would be a lot of demand on batteries. Yeah, you'd need a pretty big battery and mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you'd need a lot of sun to recharge. Yeah, I think if I put on my uh, my turbine here, 
<laughs> where I can foretell the future, I see a smaller type of firewood processor that is just as productive, just as durable, uh, but is such a smaller footprint than the big angle iron and plate steel uh, and chain in-feed processors that we have now. Or maybe it's really just about the size of a microwave oven and it just rides up the pole itself oh. and, and, you know, cuts and splits. And then when it's all done on that one log, you just pick it up and stick it onto the next one. Nice. That kind yeah. of a thing. Yeah. Uh-huh. I just think that, you know, everyone, there's inertia in like a lot of our inventions, you know, and then you start seeing cars. Now, have you ever noticed that all of our cars and trucks all look alike (laughs) and, and airplanes, you know, everything just looks alike. And then you're starting to see, um, with firewood processors, I don't know if it's just because everyone's striving towards efficiency and then there's one design that seems to be the best, but, um, to me, I see a North American style, which are, you know, your bigger angle iron and heavy uh, processors, and then a European model that are, you know, your smaller ones, you know, with the hoods and the sh- and more of like a sheet metal kind yep. of construction. I just see in the future processors going smaller, more productive, less energy consumption. And, um, you know, a, a much smaller footprint, maybe yeah. I'm wrong, but I don't you know, know. I, I definitely can see that more efficient, more, um, you know, advanced in the technology behind it. And yeah, I mean, I think that's one of the things that integrating in technology does is it kind of takes things that, you know, if you look at, like you said, the automobile or like, you know, steam engines and how big things used to be. And now, right. you know, they've shrunk down to where. That would be nice to have a little like mini processor that you put on the log instead of putting the log into the processor. Right. I would think though that there still has to be, you know, a requisite amount of girth and strength. Yeah. You know, because there is a lot of pressure that goes on through splitting logs, but who's to say that there's not a different technology that we just haven't even thought of yet or that someone can produce that makes splitting wood easier, you know, where you don't need all of the tonnage. Right. You so, don't need the yeah. force and the power to actually split it. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to say this. It's kind of like we bought uh, a few years ago, we bought a, a Ford fusion, a car. And I, you know, I swear I never saw one on the road before. <laughs> and then after we bought it, <laughs> I was like, everywhere I went, I was like, look, there's a Ford fusion. Holy cow. It's the most popular car on the road. And I can't help to think that maybe I'm a little biased that way with firewood processors because I really never even knew they existed before until I started in firewood. And when I did get into firewood, I didn't know that there were so many brands that were out there. It was like the only brand that I ever saw was Timberwolf. And that was the only thing I could find on YouTube. But then I learned, you know, there's just all of these different styles and, and types of firewood processors out there. And have they really changed over the years? Maybe, you know, there's, I think, some creature comforts that are added to them. Air-conditioned cabs, cup holders. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You know, uh, I see some of the 
um, the bigger models where the operator sits in a in a cab, so they're not as hands on with the with the wood. Uh, you know, they have like levers that spin the log if it lands crooked, that kind yep. of stuff. Those didn't, I'm sure, didn't come out over overnight. No, you know, it wasn't until they saw that there's an actual need for that, or that trap door that shoots the off cut out the side. Yeah, you know, instead of you having to run it through the splitter, and those are the ones that usually get turn sideways and jam up <laughs> yeah there's yeah. there's all kinds of those options and those features that and like you said just the different var- variety of you know there's processors that uh you can hook your own chainsaw up to and it pulls the log in with a cable there's all those yeah. you know it's just such a wide range but uh-huh. there is starting to i think become like a standard you know kind of like with you know how with like the automobiles it never used like power windows were like the new thing. And, you know, you had to, not all the cars had them, but nowadays it's just standard. Yeah. It's like the dimmer switch. Yes. For your high beams used to be on the floor. Yep. And then I still remember my first car that it was on the the steering column. Man, talk about how tough it was to drive by (laughs) having to get your, your foot up onto the steering column to (laughs) put your high beams on. <laughs> Once you lost that flexibility, you yeah, <laughs> you were done. Uh-huh. I know. <laughs> yeah. I also think too that when I look at, you know, I'm still talking about firewood processors, but this could relate to everything. It seems to me that when we cut down a forest that has never been touched before, you know, there's some really big trees, and then when we reforest and they grow, it seems that there would be tendency going into the future that our average diameter of trees is smaller yeah which to me would think that the smaller processors would become more desirable yep yeah i i don't know i'm sure that there is someone much more um intelligent in that side of ecology (laughs) than me (laughs) but that just seems to be the case where you know, forests have been harvested and then replanted and then harvested and replanted that the tendency for sellable, usable timber is on average smaller diameter than the previous generation. Yeah. 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 What about, uh, what about like the, the equipment to, uh, actually like fell trees and buck the firewood up like the chainsaw? Do you see any? The chainsaw. I, you know how one thing that's kind of become a standard, you know, there's different types of uh, measuring devices you can either attach to your bar or they even have a little laser on the handle you can put on uh-huh. there. But maybe something like that would become a standard feature on a chainsaw where, you know, a little laser beam shoots out and gives you measurements for cuts or even yeah. diagonal like uh, angles for like making your face cuts in your in trees, you know. Mm-hmm. Or an integrated headphones for, you know, PPE, your hearing protection. Yeah. But it has like audible tones to let you know if your next cut is at the distance that you, you know, you wanted it to be at. Yeah. Or if your chain is getting really close to the ground, it's <laughs> time to time to stop and roll the log over. Huh? 
Yeah, I, I, think I can they're... see that through my crystal ball. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know who would ever put that to use. I mean, come on. Who... <laughs> <laughs> or chains that don't go dull when you run them into the ground. Oh. <laughs> Better yet. Yes. Yeah. How about uh, the transition away from the two stroke to a four stroke chainsaw? I wonder if that will. Uh, will there be a day where there's no more two-stroke engines? Ooh, I don't know. Yeah. Mm. I don't understand the science and the power, you know, the output and the needs for that. But the only experience that I had was we grew up with a two-stroke snowblower. And it was, it was wicked, <laughs> you know? And, um... A few years back, we bought a four-stroke snowblower, and I was impressed. I I didn't think it was going to be any good at all, but it's powerful, and it runs nice. So I don't know if – and I think that that would probably be driven by air quality needs. You know, I think yeah. four-strokes are less uh, – create less pollution than a two-stroke because of the oil and the gasoline, I guess. But Yeah, or even – even more towards the uh, what you mentioned earlier, the battery. Uh, a battery, yeah, battery power. I mean, yeah, I have one, and I, you know, it works exactly for what I need it to do, which is to make about fifteen to twenty cuts in a session. It is, it's really cool. I like it a lot, but I would never. You know, it could never be my saw, you know, if I was going out in the woods and stuff. Yeah. Cause yeah, you know, you use a battery gets hot, then it quits running, that kind of stuff. <laughs> but you know, I also say you know, battery technology is really improving, and it's changing. Like every five to ten years, there's a new chemistry that comes out, and it just makes the old batteries obsolete. So, I I think battery power is probably still in the future. And that's one of the benefits of battery power is that you can use solar to charge it back up. Yeah. Uh-huh. A solar-powered firewood processor. Oh. <laughs> yeah, so you have a battery-powered chainsaw, and you have a solar panel that goes on your helmet. <laughs> <laughs> or, you remember, or you remember Gilligan's Island with the, the bicycle that you'd sit on and pedal it to power the washing machine. You'd have a – you'd bring your wife out with a treadmill <laughs> – <laughs> or a stationary bike, then she can pedal and that would power the battery in your chainsaw. Ooh, I've actually seen a video of a, uh, <laughs> a bicycle that was the, the rear tire was replaced with a saw blade and it was like a buzz saw. And so yeah. the wife was riding the bike and the husband was pushing the limb wood into the buzz saw. And That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. I always, I always laughed when with treadmills, why do treadmills use electricity? In my opinion, treadmills should generate electricity. <laughs> Very interesting point. Yeah. 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 I don't know. Just a random observation. <laughs> I like those. I like those random thoughts of, you know, it's kind of like, why does a, <laughs> why, why does a nose run and feet smell? Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
I think this is all an indicator of the need to invent a wood stacking machine. We're spending way too much time by ourselves stacking wood and coming up with these silly ideas. Yes. I've, mm-hmm. I've flipped over this tarot card here and I, I, I think that's exactly <laughs> what it's saying. <laughs> we need to invent a firewood stacking machine. Yeah. The Ouija board just spelled it out. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, you, you gotta think that someone somewhere out there has attempted this or, yeah. you know, I don't know. I, the, here's how I envision one. I envision a three point hitch with a hopper that goes on the back of a tractor. The tractor would straddle, you know, your, your landscaping timbers that are laid down parallel at like 10 inches apart. And it's got these spinny wheels. It's got like a heavyish kind of a soft rubber and it takes the log from the hopper and shoots it into a chute and it just drops it right down onto the, onto the timbers and the tractor sits there until a bunch of them falls into place. And then the tractor creeps forward and just keeps laying them down, laying them down, laying them down and leaves you a nice, perfectly tall, four foot tall, perfectly plumb straight row of firewood Bam. Mm-hmm. i like it uh-huh yeah i've seen i've seen farm equipment that you drive around and it picks up hay bales and it brings them up onto a wagon or a platform and stacks them all and then you go and you take that and it tips up vertically and it dumps and you have a big stack of bales so yeah, yeah i kind of see that same thing like wood falling into like almost like a a, a backstop yeah and then, yeah, there's things out there now, and I've I've said this a thousand times on my channel. They're all they all have their strengths and weaknesses, but at the end of the day, I still think the best solution is to pay a high school kid twenty dollars to stack a cord of firewood. <laughs> you know, and that's what I do. Yep. Or what I'm sure, and I'm sure this is why the trend has probably gone this way is to not even stack it at all and just, you know, <laughs> sell yeah. right out of a pile. Yeah. I, it's just the way you want to do business, you know, whichever yeah. way you want to do it is, is fine enough for me. I want to sell seasoned value added firewood. Cause I think I, it gives me the most return on my investment and my time. And there's no substitute for stacking firewood. None. Yeah. I recognize, you know, putting them in bags is a lot faster, but I see a lot of moldy wood coming out of them. These IBC cages, exact same thing, and they're expensive. You know, the these wrapping machines and stuff, but I don't know, everything costs and this and that. And Yeah. You know, that's why <clears throat> I say find a high school kid that wants to earn a couple bucks and say, here, start stacking. <laughs> or Or have a few kids. And make them stack. <laughs> yeah. Good luck with that. Yeah. <laughs> the, yeah. That is that is the challenge. It it they can be interested in it for a little bit, and then it seems like, uh, you know. Yeah. <laughs> That's the one thing, though. I will admit, like with when I I am kind of like OCD when it comes to my stacking of firewood. Like I don't want my stacks falling over. Right. And I don't want them stacked sloppy. Yeah. So. That's one of the benefits of having, I think we're getting off our topic here, but this is so much fun. (laughs) Having (laughs) a 
processor that makes exactly 16 inch firewood that makes stacking so much nicer because you know every time you stack you put your hands on each side of the face of the log and and push and smooth and straighten them out you know you just get a nice plum stack yeah. it looks great it looks awesome yeah. yeah i would i would think that the stacking machine would be an attachment to the processor and then have your processor more mobile so that as it went down the line it spit out the wood and stacked it right there yes yeah Mm-hmm. And that's where, yeah, maybe we can incorporate that into our new uh, processor of the future. Yes. <laughs> that, that, <laughs> that rides up the pole, cuts it, splits it, and puts it in a beautiful little stack. I like yeah. it. Uh-huh. I like it. And then you just kind of keep moving along down your line of where you want your row of of a stacked wood to be kind of like you uh -huh. know, bailing hay. You just keep moving down the line. Yeah. Bits it out, stacks it up. You're done. Mm -hmm. Dan, I've always said this, give us enough time. You and me, we can solve the world's problems. Oh, oh. And I just thought of another thing. Yes. At the end of the stacker is a roll for uh, like plastic that you can then cover the stack, just the top. And it staples down plastic so your tops are all covered from rain. Ah, <laughs> oh, yes. Uh-huh. I like it. <laughs> Will it ever happen? Who knows? But who knows? It's always fun to think of potentially uh, mm -hmm. you know what could be coming along next. Yeah, I think if there is a need, it gets invented. And it just seems like there's a need for a stacking machine. At least I need one. <laughs> <laughs> I need one. I've committed. I will never leave my firewood in a pile. In fact, we don't even call it firewood until it's stacked. No. So, yeah. So that's how important stacking is to us. I also think, too, it makes loading your trucks so much easier than, you know, and that's what with value added firewood, you're not scooping it up with a front end loader and dumping it into the back of a truck along with the six inches of soil that the logs were sitting on top of. So stacking is the way to go. I get those free pallets. There's places, free pallets are everywhere. You just got to look for them. And we just lay them end to end and just go. Yep. Two, have, yeah. Two rows per pallet. Yep. Have you, have you ever seen one of those, uh, they're like, uh, farm machinery. They're sprayers that drive like in cornfields. They got the really thin, tall tires. Have you ever seen those? Yeah. So you imagine now something like that, that drives along your stacked wood and loads it into your trailer. Oh. See, now uh -huh. we're going full circle here. Yeah. Yes. Something that would load your wood right into your truck or trailer, measure it out as it went. So, you know, mm -hmm. if it tra once it traveled eight feet, it stops. I yeah, like it. Scored. <laughs> <laughs> yeah the farmers can have a combine to harvest corn and uh you know put it into the trailer so why can't we have one for firewood yes yeah why not yeah That's just give us 50 years and we'll have it <laughs> i will use your famous line come visit me in my nursing home yeah you know when it's done <laughs> yeah all righty dan well that was nice um having this discussion and let me put these tarot cards away before they catch on fire yeah i don't like what that ouija board is spelling out now 
<laughs> spelling out Dr. Pepper, go home. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is that what it is? I'm looking at it upside down. I'm yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it says that there's a sale at JCPenney uh, while supplies last. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but real quick, I all, I just wanted to give a big shout out to um, the Woodhounds out there tuning in each week because I don't know if you're aware of this, Joe, but uh, there's a, in, in the world of all the podcasts, the Woodhounds podcast is actually in the top 5%. Yeah, I saw that. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. And I know that we would not have done this without our, our Woodhound friends out there. Yes. So thanks to everyone. If you are listening right now, thank you very much. Give yourself a big pat on the back. We yes. appreciate it. All right. So let me find uh, my guitar pick, and I will strike yeah. up this band. Strike up the band. And Dan and I want to thank everyone for tuning in and making the Woodhounds the world's number one firewood podcast. Just imagine where that will be in the future. <laughs> well, you'll just have to keep checking back every yep. Wednesday morning for a new episode. Yes, indeed. Well, Joe, again, great time. Great seeing you. Yes. So everyone out there, have a be cool. Great day. <laughs> <laughs>